Welcome to Bed Crime Stories Podcast. I'm your host, T, to my bed crimers. Hi, how are you? I hope you're doing well. To anyone new here, a warm welcome. Thank you for checking out the channel. Do me a favor, if after watching the video you find you enjoyed it or you learned something, smash that like button and please consider subscribing. And if you want to support the work I do, please consider a membership. I keep the price really low, $1.99 a month. Hey, that's much less than even one drink from Starbucks. Now, without further ado, let's dig in. Well, hello there. I hope you guys are all having a great day. It's sunny here in Phoenix. The temperature is 71, which is absolutely beautiful. But enough about the weather. Dan Markell's mother, Ruth, wrote a book about her son's murder. It's called The Unveiling, and in it, Ruth describes a ritual that she and Dan had. He would call her in Toronto from his car while he was driving home from work in Tallahassee. They would talk just into the point where he pulled into the garage of his house. Thank God Dan got off the phone with Ruth when he answered a call from a school administrator that saved Ruth from having to hear what happened next in Dan's garage. I thought it would be interesting to share how the Markells found out about the crime, along with enumerating the many cruel acts their former daughter-in-law Wendy Adelson inflicted on them after Danny's death. I think these cruel acts speak volumes about who Wendy Adelson is at her core. Ruth was at her uncle Lazar's home on the day of the crime in Montreal, celebrating his 79th birthday. Ruth's former husband, Phil Markell, called and said, quote, Are you sitting down? Go get a chair. Ruth knew from Phil's very alarmed tone that something really bad had happened. Phil said, something terrible has happened. Danny's been shot, end quote. Ruth felt as if she was having an out-of-body experience. She couldn't believe that anything could have happened because she just spoke to Dan that morning. Ruth also wondered why it had taken the police so long to call them about the incident. The police told Phil that they had a hard time finding them, and they only reached Phil by looking him up on Facebook, which begs the question, why did Wendy not provide that contact information? The cops should not have had to search Facebook to reach the Markells. The police had explained to Phil that one bullet was lodged in Dan's brain, and if he survived, he would be a vegetable. Ruth then had to break that terrible news to her uncle before they had their Shabbat dinner. Uncle Lazar slammed his hand on the table and said one word in Yiddish, Machatunum, which means the in-laws. He could not have known how spot-on he was in that moment. There was no way for Ruth to make it to Danny's hospital room before he died. The doctors knew that Dan wouldn't make it past 1 or 2 in the morning. The hospital called Ruth at 2 a.m. to tell her that Dan was gone. By the way, Ruth's uncle Lazar died within three months of hearing the news of Danny's death. Dan's friends and associates had quickly prepared a memorial for him, and when Ruth, Phil, and their daughter Shelley arrived, 
They were shocked to see at least 200 people at that memorial service. Ruth wanted to get close to Wendy Adelson and her grandchildren, Benjamin and Lincoln. Ruth found it awkward that Wendy, her kids, and her parents were standing in the back of the room. Ruth got up to speak. Wendy brought Lincoln to the stage while Benjamin stayed back with Donna and Harvey Adelson. Ruth told the boys how much their father loved them and how much he wanted them to have Jewish roots and to understand those traditions. Ruth, Phil, and Shelley didn't have a chance to speak to Wendy. Ruth described Wendy as being buffered and held close by her family and friends. Before they left the service, Wendy's mother, Donna, came up to Ruth and she was weeping almost uncontrollably and said, We'll make sure the boys have roots, I promise. End quote. Very interesting comment for Donna to make. It almost sounds like she was claiming the boys and full responsibility for giving them root, as if the Markells would not be involved. I also think it's interesting that she was weeping uncontrollably. Talk about a good actress. She said that Wendy could lay it on when she needed to. Sounds like Donna can, too. Later, when Ruth, Phil, and Shelley went to Wendy's rental house 15 minutes away from Dan's house, they were surprised to see that there weren't decorations or children's toys in the living room. It was very much unlike Dan's house, where there were drawings actually draped across the living room on a clothesline. The Markells were also a little shocked to see that Wendy's rental was filled with most of the furniture that she and Dan had shared when they were married. Donna was in hostess mode, apparently. Ruth noticed that Donna had made zero effort to respect the kosher food laws that were so important to Dan. Harvey Adelson, per Ruth, said a meek hello to us, but kept moving even though he looked as though he didn't know where to go, end quote. Ruth wanted to sit down with Wendy and find out how much the little boys knew, but Wendy was surrounded the whole time by friends, and she didn't make any effort to break away to speak to her former in-laws. When Ruth, Phil, and Shelley noticed Ben and Lincoln at an arts and craft table coloring, they went over to connect with them. Ruth described Harvey as seeming lost and not being able to connect with anyone. Very strange. When a small group of friends tried to wave Harvey over, he didn't respond. That's very weird. Before the Markells left Wendy's house, they asked to see the boys the next day. Wendy nonchalantly agreed, but when Ruth called Wendy to see if noon would still be okay the next day to see the boys, Wendy replied, quote, It's not. The boys are really busy. Ruth replied, Okay, how about 1 p.m.? Wendy said, Not today, Ruth. It's not a good day. End quote. Ruth wrote that it felt like a punch to the gut. She then asked, Tomorrow then? Wendy said yes. When Ruth hung up, Shelley was furious. She couldn't believe that the boys had more important plans than seeing their paternal grandparents after this horrific event. Basically, to me, this seems like the beginning of Wendy icing the Markells out, icing Dan out, getting him completely out of the kids' lives, 
and all memories of him out of their lives. The next day when Ruth called Wendy, Wendy said that Ben and Lincoln were still busy, but she put them on the phone. Oh, how nice. The Markells were thrilled to speak with Ben and Lincoln. Wendy said they could plan for the next day. But when Ruth called, Wendy said the boys were still busy. Unbelievable. The Markells went to Dan's house to look for his will. They gathered up Ben and Lincoln's toys, and they wanted to take them over to Wendy's house. But when they spoke to Wendy, she had another excuse for why that wasn't possible. Wendy announced that she and the boys were now in Miami. Ruth said that at this point, her blood was boiling. Now she understood why so few kids' toys were at Wendy's. They were likely already packed up for the move to Miami. The Markells were in disbelief and shock. So Wendy didn't even have the decency to say, well, I'm going to take the boys tomorrow to Miami. I just don't want to stay here in Tallahassee. Not being able to hug Danny's kids the closest thing to Danny. The Markells were unable to find any comfort during the trip, and they never did get to spend time with Lincoln and Ben during this horrendous period in their lives. This was just the first of the cruelties Wendy Adelson subjected the Markells to after Dan's death. Ruth would see the boys in April of 2016. After that, she went for five years without being allowed to touch Danny's children. So not only did the Markells lose Dan, they also lost their grandchildren. There was to be no comfort, no kindness extended to them during their long grieving period. By the way, Wendy, per Ruth, asked about Dan's large life insurance policy, which was for more than $2 million just days after Dan died. Unbeknownst to Wendy, Dan had changed the beneficiary from Wendy to his sons. Danny did this following his and Wendy's divorce. This tells me how on top of things Dan was. He was already looking out for his boys just in case something bad were to happen to him. Always looking ahead, always being the adult, always watching out for his two precious sons. The cops actually saw Wendy's queries into Dan's life insurance as a red flag. One of Dan's friends, Tamara Demko, started a GoFundMe page to help with expenses. The proceeds of the fund were later put into trusts for Ben and Lincoln. However, Wendy tried to get the GoFundMe donations directly claiming to be Dan's widow, which added upset and grief and drama to the whole situation. Wendy then requested upkeep funds for expenses, such as rent and food, from Ben and Lincoln's trust. By then, Wendy was already receiving $2,400 per month for each child. That was from government social security, so she was getting $4,800 a month. She was also entitled to take over ownership of the house on Trescott Drive. Yes, Wendy received Danny's house. In a very bizarre twist of fate, however, a few months after Dan's death, a tree fell on the house's roof. All of these events increase the tension between Wendy and the Markells. Now, Ruth was able to visit Ben and Lincoln during that initial period. She flew to Miami 
In October of 2014, Ruth and Shelley and Shelley's kids went to Florida to visit Wendy and the boys. It was Ruth's 70th birthday, and this was her gift to herself. Ruth and Shelley stayed in Orlando, and they drove to meet Wendy and Ben and Lincoln at a butterfly conservatory in South Florida. But when Wendy showed up, she had not only Ben and Lincoln with her, but also Donna and Harvey and a whole bunch of friends. Ruth realized in that moment that since Danny's death, she'd never been alone with Wendy. During the visit at the conservatory, Ruth noticed that the Adelsons would not leave her alone with Ben and Lincoln, not even for a second. It was as if Ruth was being monitored by the Adelsons. Despite all of this, Ruth was still overjoyed to be near her son's sons. So when Donna Adelson came up to her suddenly and asked her who would have done such a thing in broad daylight, Ruth was very upset. She was already so sad and she just wanted to have whatever happiness she could in that moment with her grandsons. And the last thing she wanted to talk about was Dan's murder. By the way, the Markells flew Dan's remains back to Toronto and had a funeral for him there. Wendy did not attend, nor did Danny's beloved boys. Ruth, from what I'm finding after reading her book, is someone who goes high when others go low. And with Wendy, Ruth opted to tolerate her cruelties in order to maintain contact with her grandsons. In September of 2015, Wendy once again inflicted deep pain on the Markells. One year and two months after Danny's death, Wendy changed Ben and Lincoln's last name to Adelson. Wendy let Ruth know through a very blunt email, and she claimed it was for safety's sake. It turned out, though, the next day, after this email arrived, Ruth was visiting Ben and Lincoln's school, and when she saw their artwork displayed in the classroom, she noticed that they had already been signing their names, Ben and Lincoln Adelson. So that email had only been done to sort of prepare them for what they were going to see the next day in the classroom. And soon, Ruth and Phil discovered that Wendy had also removed Ben's middle name, Amakai, which had been chosen to honor Ruth's mother. This stung Ruth deeply. Phil Markell was particularly hurt by the change of last name, and that's because Danny was his only son, and now his family name would not be kept alive through his American grandsons. Why, Wendy? Author Truman Capote wrote, There is only one unpardonable sin, deliberate cruelty. All else can be forgiven. End quote. What Wendy has done to the Markels is deliberate cruelty, and how anyone can stand by her after hearing about these incredibly cruel acts toward grieving parents is just beyond me. And for the Markells to later learn that Dan died because Charlie Adelson and possibly his mother Donna, the lady who had sobbed uncontrollably at the memorial service, paid hitman to do the crime, had to be mind-blowing. I agree with Truman Capote. Deliberate cruelty is an unpardonable sin. Until the next time, on Bed Crime Stories.